Welcome to Political Zek, podcast where we discuss Utah politics and policy. I'm Corey Astle, joined by Utah State Senator Todd Weiler. What's going on, Todd? Hey, Corey. All right, let's jump into it. Governor Cox released his proposed budget this past week, so let's go through a few of the highlights. He wants to give $200 million to, uh, to give every public school teacher in the state a $6,000 raise. That's $4,600 going to their paychecks and another $1,400 towards benefits. So that's, that's probably the biggest news. Um, also, he wants to cut the income tax rate to 4.7%, 75%. Remember that the legislature cut it by a tenth of a point earlier. Like, and uh, so this would be cutting it by another, an additional tenth of a point. That has a price tag of around $190 million. He also proposes $400 million to send taxpayers a one-time tax rebate check. So every taxpayer would get at least 100 bucks, and taxpayers with uh, the highest level of income could, uh, could get a rebate of more than $1,300. So a few other priorities, $53 million for domestic violence, which he said is uh, an historic effort, $54 million for mental health resources, half a billion dollars, over $500 million for water conservation, a lot of that going to the Great Salt Lake, and also for statewide uh, conservation for the lake. $150 million for affordable housing and homelessness. Uh, that was a priority for him last year that he didn't quite get. A billion dollars for debt reduction. And just for context, Utah has about $2.5 billion in debt from bonds and other uh, construction projects. So paying that down. And then uh, a, a, a raise for state employees that would cost about $177 million. So you're going to give us the legislature's priorities, Todd, but real quick, the Executive Appropriations Committee released uh, at least some thoughts. Their, their budget doesn't include a teacher pay increase, and uh, I want to get your sense on this because it seems like the trade's going to be uh, the governor gets his teacher pay increase in exchange for some sort of school choice program, so I want to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, so the Executive Committee also set aside $193 million for public education rainy day fund. And uh, they didn't say anything, at least not yet, about uh, a tax rebate. And they are going to give slightly less, well, I guess quite a bit less, uh, $800 million for debt reduction. So how do you see those priorities moving forward into the next year, into the session? Yeah, so first of all, let me just take a step back and let everyone know the government, the governor, is statutorily required to release a proposed budget, I think the second week of December of each year. So he's done his job. Um, but, and this comes as a surprise to a lot of Utahns, the governor doesn't control the budget in Utah, just like the President Biden doesn't control the budget in Washington, D.C. He kind of does because Congress just, uh, Congress hasn't passed a budget in over a decade. They just kind of pass these continuing resolutions like they did again last week and kick the can down the road. But the legislatures on the state and the federal level control the purse strings. And um, it, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I, I always laugh. I get these emails that say, do your job and pass the governor's budget. Yeah. That's not our job. Our job is to do the budget. The governor then gets to veto or um, or sign the budget into law or let it go into law without his signature. Now, um, Governor Cox has been incredibly collaborative with the legislature during his first two years, and I expect that will continue next year. Um, unlike Governor Herbert and his first lieutenant governor, 
um, Greg Bell. Uh, no, Greg Bell did. But Governor Cox has served in the legislature. His lieutenant governor, Deidre Henderson, served in the legislature for eight years. And so they are uh, actively, proactively working with Senate and House leadership. And my guess is most of these, maybe not all of them, and maybe not to the extent, but most of these budget priorities will probably get um, um, into the final budget in some form or another. Now, you've raised a very interesting um, scenario. So um, we raise money for teacher salaries. We, we raise the weighted pupil unit is the 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 nerdy technical term is how we how we increase teacher salaries because ultimately it's up to the local school boards. So my very first year, we we voted for an increase to the WPU, that's what it's called. And we thought we were giving teachers a 1% raise, but that all went to increases in premium for retirement and health insurance and the teachers got no raise. And so there is kind of that speed bump between us. Um, but we usually spend $100 million of new money every year on that. So what I've heard you say is the governor's proposing 200 million this year. Um, we, we've increased funding to public education since I've been in over the last uh, 11 years, about $2 billion. Nobody believes that when I say it because everyone knows from the Salt Lake Tribune or from their neighbor who's a school teacher that the legislature hates school teachers and we're cutting money, but that's just not true. We haven't cut funds any year. There, there was some small cuts, like 5% during the Great Recession back in 2007, 2008 when every other agency was cut like 20%. But with that said, I think there will be a push to say, we'll do this dramatic increase, like $6,000 in teacher salaries in exchange for parents to have some choice in education. So if you wanna put your kid in a private school, you, you could maybe get a voucher and, and use that to pay part of the tuition. Um, that may or may not go on the ballot to the voters, I, I'm not sure. Um, there's been a push. There was a pushback in 2007 and a vouchers bill was passed. And then there was a referendum and it was voted down by the people. And so ever since then, the question's been, can, you know, can the legislature do that again? And I'll, and this is the last thing I'll say, Corey, when I was elected in 2012, there was a push for vouchers. And I was like, Hey, the people voted on this five years ago. It's too soon. Uh, now it's been, you know, 16 years. Uh, it'll be 17 years, I guess, next year. So when is it, or 15 years? Anyway, it's it's been a while, 16 years next year. So when is too soon? I, I don't know exactly when that is, but I know that 2012 was too soon. 2023, I'm not sure is too soon. So probably, you know, a good portion of the people that voted uh, against vouchers in, in 2007 are no longer with us. Uh, they're senior citizens who have passed on or they're, or they're people that uh, weren't old enough to vote. I mean, well, there's people now that weren't old enough to vote in 2007 and our population's grown a lot. So maybe they've moved back here from California or something. So I think you are going to see, you know, the, the argument against vouchers is, hey, we don't have enough money for public education. So the idea is we're going to do this dramatic increase in funding in exchange. We'll give some parents uh, some choice in, in where their funding goes. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting debate. And obviously it doesn't cut necessarily exactly along lines because... There are Republicans who disagree with themselves, including Governor Cox. Just to give everyone context, remind everyone last year he threatened to veto it. So it kind of it kind of collapsed uh, under that weight. Well, I think so he fact, threatened to veto it without some type of major um, increase for teacher salaries. Yeah. And so it's I, I guess it, I, I think it's an indication to all of us that uh, that increasing teacher salaries is a high priority for him because he's willing to yeah. make that trade. 
sticking with Governor Cox. This week, he issued an executive order to prohibit the use of TikTok on all state-owned electronic devices. No agency or agency employee may, on any state-owned electronic device, download or use TikTok application or visit any TikTok website. Governor Yunkin in Virginia followed suit a few days later, and they're not the only ones. The U.S. Senate also voted this week to ban the use of TikTok on all federal government phones and devices. So Governor Cox said, China's access to data collected by TikTok presents a threat to our cybersecurity. As a result, we've deleted our TikTok account and ordered the same on all state-owned devices. We must protect Utahns and make sure that the people of Utah can trust the state's security system. So to give everyone some context, TikTok is owned by a Chinese company called ByteDance. And uh, the FBI and the Federal Communications Commission have raised concerns about how the Chinese government has used TikTok to steal people's data. Uh, So Senator Josh Hawley in the U.S. Senate, he's called TikTok a Trojan horse for the Chinese Communist Party to basically get inside your phones and steal data from, uh, from millions of Americans. So I, I applaud Governor Cox and the Senate for addressing this issue. I think it's just the tip of the iceberg. I think the American public is at this point pretty privy to China's tactics, using, uh, using companies to steal personal information, for, and just as they've done for years, stealing technology and trade secrets from American companies, some big, some small. Um, I mean, imagine having the power of America's NSA constantly trying to hack your computer. And we're not just talking about Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is like recipe for, for cola. We're, we're also talking about basically every startup in Utah that's developed some proprietary technology. They're just getting hacked nonstop. And uh, so I think it's a big problem. And, you know, TikTok in my own family has been annoying because the kids absolutely love it. And it's uh, it's the biggest, you know, brain drain <laughs> in American history. So even for that reason, I'm glad it's it's banned. And in our house, we've banned it. Although, you know, of course, as soon as I turn the other way, my kids uh, re-download it. So anyway, Todd, uh, do you agree with this move? I agree 100% um, with the move. I, I don't know why any uh, any state employee with a state-owned um, cell phone or iPad needs to be operating TikTok if a state employee or a federal employee, for that matter. Obviously, the House of Representatives on the federal level hasn't agreed yet. But if a government employee wants to use TikTok, they can do it on their own device, not on the one that the taxpayers are paying for. Right. Um, and uh, furthermore, you know, for, for those of our listeners who aren't on TikTok, I'm not on TikTok. I haven't been. Um, but most of the Instagram reels and a lot of the Facebook videos that you see are, are TikTok videos that have kind of rolled over to those other platforms. And I've heard this and I think it's true, but I haven't researched it. But apparently in China, you know, for the Chinese people, TikTok's algorithm will promote really clever things. So like if a Chinese kid, you know, does something incredibly brilliant, you know, everybody's going to see it. But the algorithm for the United States is they promote stupid stuff. And literally, I mean, literally our kids. Are I can confirm. Dumber. Yeah. <laughs> literally our kids are getting dumber. And, and it just kind of shows, you know, China knows exactly what, what it's doing. Yeah. Now, you know, I don't, uh, you know, if TikTok is opening up stuff and people could, access, you know, the state of Utah's private information or databases. Obviously, that's something that we need to be concerned about as a cyber attack type of threat. But in terms of, you know, TikTok stealing your data, I I just want to remind our listeners, they are probably putting more data 
on Facebook about themselves and their kids than than the Chinese could ever hope to steal from TikTok. And so I do think it's it's interesting how people are like, oh, look how cute my babies are, you know, uh, and spell their names and or announce their births, you know, on their birthday and things like that. And then, you know, and then they worry about the Chinese stealing our data. So I I think I think any, anybody that wants your data, m- most of the people listening to my voice right now are giving it for free. So. <laughs> now, that's a great point. And of course, Google has knows everything about you, too. And yes. Facebook knows everything about and, you. And, and, so and Siri and Alexa know everything about you. <laughs> but TikTok, I mean, it's uh, if, if that is the Chinese communist plan, it's it's uh, it's, it's working. brilliant because it's working and. <laughs> I've I've done TikTok and it's like after I've seen all the awesome uh, catches in the end zone and and windmill dunks and uh, you know backwards flips on the motorcycle, I'm just kind of like, well, that was fun. But I'll tell you, the kids they can stay on and watch these dumb things for an hour. Earlier this week, President former President Trump took to social media to tease what he called. A very big announcement he planned to make on Thursday. So he was telling us on on Tuesday and Wednesday that he had a big announcement coming on Thursday. All the gossip around D.C. was whether a lot of people thought he was he was planning to announce either kind of his pick for vice president or maybe maybe he had something to announce related to one of the many lawsuits that he's fighting. Some were even wondering and there was a lot of gossip about this wondering whether Trump planned to announce his candidacy for Speaker of the U.S. House, because not very many people realize this, but you actually do not have to be a member of the House of Representatives to be the Speaker. So, you know, you we could get Tom Hanks to be, you know, voted in or or Donald Trump. So uh, there was a lot of anticipation about that. But after all the buildup on Thursday, and I was I was wondering, too, on Thursday, President Trump his major announcement was he was releasing a set of digital trading cards for sale. These cards feature cartoon depictions of him. And uh, for example, he's, there's one where he's a superhero. There's one, he's a golfer. There's one where he's holding the football and uh, one where he's an old, old West sheriff. So uh, the former president released an ad in which he described the cards as quote, very much like baseball cards, but hopefully much more exciting. Only $99 each. Would make a great Christmas gift. Don't don't wait. They'll be gone. I believe very quickly. And they were. He was right about that. Seemed a little steep to me, but I guess he was right because they all sold out. Thousand cards were produced and offered for ninety dollars each, and apparently they've already sold out. So, so presumably Trump has has pocketed some, you know, upwards of could be four million dollars. I don't know. But Todd, let me ask you this: Is this an example of President Trump playing four D chess? Or is it just a lame attempt to make a quick buck? Well, let, let me give you a couple of thoughts. Um, number one, Trump announced his bid for his third presidential run, you know, um, about a month ago and has done absolutely nothing since then, except for this. <laughs> um, but that's not true because on Thursday or Friday, Trump unveiled uh, a, a big policy plan that if he's reelected, he'll take on tech companies and try to preserve free speech, which if he would have said that was his big announcement, I would be applauding him right now. But this thing with the NFT trading cards um, is probably the uh, worst move I've seen by someone running for president 
um, in the, in my lifetime. Um, and I'm not, I don't think I'm overstating this because uh, he, you know, Trump has the unique ability of almost always proving his critics, right. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to take someone seriously when they're selling now for a hundred bucks, a picture of them in a cape and with laser beams coming out of their eyes and, and say, Oh, you want to be president again. I, I, I'm just dumbfounded. Um, um, and, and I'm even more dumbfounded that these sold out, I think on the first day. So, um, I just, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know why he had to announce that he was running for president in November, uh, which was effectively seven months before he did it, you know, eight years ago, the first time, or yeah, I think it was eight years ago, the first time. And he's, he's done nothing to really advance um, his, um, you know, his cause for, uh, for the presidency. And, and this, I think is working against him. E- even, Trump supporters like Steve Bannon are shaking their head and kind of admitting that this was a boneheaded move. So I don't get it. I don't know who's advising him. I don't know what he's thinking. Um, you know, as I've said before, uh, Trump did some great things as president. Um, and um, I don't see this helping him get back in the White House one bit. Yeah, so he was pretty widely panned, at least on Twitter, among uh, among some of the biggest supporters you named Bannon. But there's quite a few that I follow. And the response was either this has got to be a deep fake <laughs> or, oh, my gosh, he's not he's just not serious anymore. Yeah, and, which is just really interesting. And I mean, he, he obviously made the money that he wanted to make, but it comes at the same time that there's been some polling where Governor DeSantis is really starting to, to pass him up in the polls. And, and he's just helping DeSantis by doing stupid stuff like this, yeah, which is really fine, because I'd rather I'd rather us get behind DeSantis. So. So, you know, I'll just I'll just repeat what I've said before. I want to I want to say thank you, President Trump, for the tax for tax reform. I want to thank you for the judges. I want to thank you for uh, putting the judges in place to uh, to strike down Roe v. Wade, for example. There's a lot of great things that you did. But even Joe Montana got traded, you know, even even Tom Brady got traded. So it's at some point, I think uh, at, at, at this stage, things are just too important um, that we we need to we cannot take another term of Joe Biden or one of these radical progressives. Um, so, if you know, sell trading cards, do your thing, but uh, but help, let's let's work towards victory. The Deseret News released a new poll this past week asking vote Utah voters about uh, Mitt Romney and whether he should run for re-election in 2024. Now, I want to caveat this by saying that the Deseret News, Hinckley Institute of Politics, their polling of the Mike Lee, Evan McMullen race was abysmal. It was off by a laughable margin, just (laughs) remarkably bad, like they have some serious explaining to do bad. So we want to take all these results with uh, not not a pinch, but a block of salt. Uh, But it's still kind of interesting, though, to see what they came up with. So we're going to go through it anyway. The poll asked uh, 800 registered voters in Utah. That includes Republicans and Democrats. So this isn't just Republicans. They asked uh, all registered voters in Utah whether they thought Mitt Romney should run for election in 2024. 47% said definitely or probably yes. 51% said definitely or probably no. So that's a minus four rating among all voters. Again, Republicans and Democrats in Utah. So for comparison, 54% of Utah voters wanted uh, Senator Orrin Hatch to retire in 2012, 
and only 31% wanted him to run again. And of course, he went on to win the primary and general election overwhelmingly. So uh, again, this uh, poll is among all voters. And honestly, assuming Romney runs again as a Republican, more on that in a moment, but assuming he does, it doesn't matter a whole lot what all registered voters think. Let's just be honest. <laughs> it really doesn't matter what Republican uh, primary voters think. And that, that could be Democrats registering as Republicans to vote in a Republican primary, but it's still going to happen in the primary. Anyway, this survey found that 56% of respondents who identify themselves as Republicans say that he shouldn't run for re-election. So 50, 56% said no, 42% said yes. That is, that's a, a minus 14, so not really good. Uh, among those who identified as very conservative, 79% said he should not run. <laughs> So, Todd, uh, do you think these numbers should give or will give Senator Romney any pause at all? Uh, I, I doubt it. Based, I mean, I think the most important thing you said was comparing it to Hatch's numbers in 2012. And then he ran and he won you know, big and beat Dan Lillenquist. In fact, I'm, I'm in the legislature today because of Orrin Hatch's run for re-election, because my predecessor in the state Senate, Dan Lillenquist, resigned to run against Orrin Hatch and and he he forced him into a primary which had never happened before but you know couldn't couldn't win that primary because it's hard to be an incumbent in Utah which is what Becky Edwards and Allie Isom and Evan McMullen just found out again this year so in any event um, I think Mitt Romney is going to meet with his family over the next uh, two weeks and make that decision Um, at this point I won't be surprised if he seeks re-election and I won't be surprised if he doesn't. I mean, I, I just, I'm just kind of right on there. But I'll say what I've said before. If he does seek re-election, I do expect it will be as a Republican. And I do expect he'll win the primary. I know a lot of Republicans think I'm wrong. I'm not. <laughs> I don't think Sean Rice is going to beat him. Um, and I don't think anyone else in Utah will either. So that's that's my prediction. I'm sticking with it. But if he says I'm done, this has been fun. Six years is enough. I, I, I'm not going to be shocked at that either. But then, oh, my gosh, if that happens, we're going to have 15, 15 Republicans running at least for, for that seat. Yeah, that would be wild. I mean, we're going to get the chance to talk about this probably 100 times between now yeah. and then. So we don't we don't need to cover it all right now. But uh, I'm definitely in the camp of he will run again and he's very likely to win. I, I was teasing one thought, though, about whether he would run as Republican, because this past week, Kirsten Cinema. U.S. Senator from Arizona. She's got some Utah connections. She went to BYU. She was raised Mormon. Anyway, she announced this week that she's leaving the Democratic Party. That's widely viewed as kind of her motivation is because she thinks she's going to lose in a Democratic primary in in Arizona. And she, because she's she, not liberal enough. She's not liberal enough, yeah. And mm-hmm. so she's, I don't know that she has a ton of Republican backers, but she does put Democrats in a jam because uh, they're going to have to decide whether they, support her or not, because if they do support, uh, you know, the Democratic nominee, then that really probably opens the way for a Republican to win, assuming uh, assuming it's a good candidate and not not uh, a, a second tier candidate like we had like this last that. time. But in any event, uh, <laughs> Senator Romney was very, uh, you know, highly laudatory. Uh, uh, he, he really commended her, her move and, and had a lot of nice things to say. And I know that they're friends and everything. So that's probably the reason. But there's a lot of talk in D.C. of like whether he would do that or not, because this same poll showed that 72 percent of Democrats want him to run again in Utah. So I think there's a takeaway there. 
would they actually vote for him or would they go back to where they were when he was running in 2012 for president and say, you know, agree with Joe Biden that uh, he would put black people back in chains? I don't know. But uh, I'm, you know, obviously Romney would collect signatures and, and likely uh, win handily, probably with Demo- some Democrats switching their registrations. Many of you have heard about this 30-year-old tech bro billionaire, Sam Bankman-Fried. He was arrested this week in the Bahamas. This is the guy who embezzled literally billions of dollars from customers using, who were using the cryptocurrency trading platform that he founded. I mean, I, some of these customers were sophisticated Wall Street types, of course, but many were just regular folks who want to invest their hard-earned dollars in crypto. Besides uh, stealing his way to one of the largest fortunes in the world, this guy, Bankman Freed, was also the second largest donor to the Democratic Party uh, last cycle. Second only to George Soros, Todd. Yeah, that's right. George Soros. Another billionaire. Uh, over the last few years, Sam Bankman Freed has donated nearly $45 million, almost all of it going to Democrats. So his parents are some kind of like super progressive activists. And, and obviously, he wanted to be a mover and shaker among the Democratic elite. And now it seems that not only did he embezzle a ton of money for his own self, he also used corporate funds to donate to political campaigns. That's a violation of federal election law. So anyway, besides the fact that it's nice to see a criminal get his comeuppance, why should we care about this story here in Utah? Well, it turns out he donated to campaigns in Utah. He gave uh, over $9,000, $9,756 to the Utah Democratic Party, and he made several $5,800 dollar donations to Utah Senator Mitt Romney. Now, Senator Romney has already returned the donations. Uh, his spokesman told the Salt Lake Tribune that uh, that Romney's campaign tr- is transferring uh, all those contributions to the U.S. Treasury, according to the FEC rules. And the spokesman said the senator condemns Sam Bankman-Fried's reprehensible behavior and believes he must be held accountable for his actions, which have caused harm to many. So first, let me say kudos to the Salt Lake Tribune, something I don't often do. But kudos to them for revealing this story. This is solid reporting. I want to give them their props. Second, the main question, Todd, the Utah Democrats have not returned the money or donated it to charity or anything. Seems like they still have it, at least as of yesterday. I'm sure they probably spent it. (laughs) Um, But do you think the the Utah Democrats should give it back? Oh, absolutely. I think they should give it back. And I just want to remind people who want to jump on Romney for accepting these donations um, you know, Mike Lee's early, his first campaign, a lot of his early money came from Jeremy Johnson, who has been convicted of fraud and was donating to Mike Lee through um, um, imaginary names. So and so, I mean, this happens. This happens to a lot of political candidates. And um, Mitt Romney handled it well by not only returning the money, but condemning, um, you know, this this person who's obviously not ethical and has uh, built billions of dollars out of investors. And so, yes, the Democratic Party of Utah should definitely return that, you know, that $9,000. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath, Corey. It won't shock me if they if they just don't kind of keep their head down until the storm blows over. <laughs> That'll be wild. All right, that's it. Uh, I want to. We want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We're going to go on a little bit of a break. And uh, we'll be back in the new year with a legislative preview. And Todd's going to be super busy making laws for this great state. (laughs) No, I'm going to be busy working on a budget, remember? Ah, that's right. Well, happy, happy, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Corey. We'll see you next year.
Thanks a bunch. See you Thank next you. year. All right. Bye-bye.